When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. (laughs) And welcome to the Fourth Line Boys Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 358 of The Big Show. Some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another wacky Wednesday. Hump day, folks. Almost there. The weekend is just around the corner. I got to admit, Vegas is just around the corner. Yes, so we had to fly out to get on the big jet airliner on the 19th. Ten days, Sin City. Looking forward to it. I love me some Las Vegas. And, uh, yeah, so. But I plan on not leaving you guys hanging. I'll try to get, as they say in the business, something in the can for you. So I can, uh, something... I can load it up with the magic of editing. I can, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hit you with an episode even when I'm on vacation. The fourth line voice will not rest. Rest, uh, this is a people's podcast or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, I'm kind of hitting you guys late here. Uh, kind of recording late Tuesday night. It's, uh, 9.15. Um, yeah, had a, had a player lined up. Um, it didn't work out. Uh, no heat. No heat. We uh, we discussed that we're going to come up with a better time, and um, and when we have, uh, I, I think we'll we'll probably record later this week, so that'll be next week's episode. I'm not going to throw out a name in case whatever, but got a player, got a player episode coming, and um, and then Jay and I are going to sit down at some point either tomorrow or the day after. I'm recording everywhere, folks. Oh, I got another one. I was I was a guest on a show. Yeah, so I'm not only going to sync my own podcast, but I'm going to sync theirs too. I'll get to that in a second. But uh, Jay and I, we're bringing it back. I'm bringing back, um, it was a while, was it last year? It must have been last year. Um, it was a 2022. I keep forgetting it's 2024. Um, the season ticket episode. And uh, for those unfamiliar, uh, basically it's just that. We uh, sit, myself and a guest sit down, and uh, we just basically cover a season. Um, in the league, and um, usually I like to get guys that were like season ticket holders uh, for that. Sh- it's not just that team. Um, I have John Searson on. We did the UK one. Now he's a Nottingham guy, but I mean, he, we talked about the entire season. Um, I had, um, yeah, I had to jump. Just uh, sorry, I hit uh, pause there. I just had to check. It was the uh, 08 09 uh, East Coast League season with Anthony out in Las Vegas with the Wranglers. Um, and the first installment that I did with this, uh, was with Jay as well. Um, and it was the 05, 06, uh, UHL season. Of course, that was the, uh, the, the, the crazy year with, uh, 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 Danbury, the Trashers joining the league. And of course, Jay's in Quad City. So, um, yeah, and that, and that season, it was, um, it, it was a wild season, not only from the Trashers, but there was a, there was a murder. Um, there was a, Anima mascot. Oh yeah, lots of fun stuff. If you want to go back in the in the archives and check out the season ticket series, and I had a lot of fun doing it. I, I think it's a real good time capsule piece, and um, and I know and actually the um, the episodes were received really well. Um, you know, and I spent, and I will say Jay's um, you know being in the UHL groups and with his Facebook page and. And the pictures and everything that he had from the year, because he was taking pictures there too. Uh, it really added to the um, 
to the to the uh, to the episode, and it was and it was a lot of fun. I really liked it, and uh, you know, it's something different. I mean, um, you know, honestly, folks. I mean, you throw it out two episodes a week. It's like. You run out of shit to talk about, right? Because, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and I try to, you know, something unique. And I know a lot of people that listen are like, are NHL guys. And it's like, maybe you skipped over that. And that's cool. I get it. Um, you know, at the same time, I think, um, I, I think it's entertaining. I mean, um, you know, and, 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 and we'll throw, we'll throw out a name or two that you know. So, um, I always think there's, it's always kind of cool to ex, one to expand one's horizons, but, uh, um, yeah, so at any rate, Jay and I are going to sit down. I believe we're doing the 2000-2001 United Hockey League season. Uh, again, Quad City guy, and that was the year the Mallards won the championship. And, uh, it was expansion in the league at the time. And, uh, yeah, and like I said, Jay's, and Jay's always thorough, brings the notes. He knows what's, uh, he knows what's going on. He, uh, he get, he, he understands the mission. So, uh, basically, I'm just sort of, hitting record and letting him go because he was the one that was there seeing it i'm just kind of throwing in it's like i got Tourette's over in the corner throwing out name here and there but uh yeah so we'll we'll be recording that here at some point this week and uh um like i said i'd like going forward here i'd like to have a couple episodes um ready for when i'm gone like i'll miss one two three well, it'll be basically three episodes like a Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, I'll be gone. I might not do a Sunday episode while I'm in Vegas, but I'd like to have two shows pre-recorded for the Wednesdays. And uh, maybe not. I mean, that might be, you know, uh, might be grandiose on my part, but we'll we'll see anyway. I don't, you know, but I don't want to go radio silence for like three weeks. But, um, you know, we'll cross that bridge. We've got a couple weeks here. So, um, but what are we going to talk about tonight, folks? Um, well, oh, I got... Yes, more hockey cards. This is the gimmick now. It's like I open hockey cards at the start of every episode. Um, yes, what you, it was, it's, uh, 19, what year are these? Do we not put the, oh, they're at 91, 92. Upper deck. So we'll get into those in a second. Oh, we got the, by the time you're, li- well, if you're listening to this Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, you'll get it, but. Oh, the heavyweight type, the war to settle the score. The heavyweight title fight that's been anticipated is coming. We'll talk about that. And I got a list. Tim, got I got a list. Oh, though, I don't know if Tim's going to dig this one. This is kind of like the, the arch rivals. It is the uh, top five toughest Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, yes, like I said, this is, I, I'm not going to lie. This was sort of a last minute episode. Um, but, uh, I think, I think it'll be, I think it'll be alright. I mean, we'll check out the list. Maybe the list will be the shit, so it'll give us something. Like I said, I don't check these lists, so I'm discovering them with you guys. So maybe, uh, you know, I'm sure I've done a penguin. I'm sure I've done every team, uh, like two or three times at this point. But, I mean, um, you know, but the, but my cats that, uh, send me lists and everything else and the ones that I've gone over, they've listened to every episode and, uh, they assure me this is a new one. So, alright. I'll take their word for it. So we'll, uh, we'll check it out. And, uh, you know, I always say, like, I always kind of hope the lists are kind of shitty because then it's just, it's funnier and, uh, give us something to talk about. We can really take the piss out of it. So we'll see. But, uh, before we get going, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Over 100 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a show for you. I haven't actually said that part for a while. Um, I'm over on the original content creator side over there with, Terry Ryan, uh, Tales with TR, old Ted Hitchcock from Shorzy, and uh, Joe, Joe Lazito of the Coliseum Chronicles, who just released part two with his uh, interview with Steve Stone Cold McLaren. Uh, I haven't had a chance to listen to the second one yet. I got it downloaded. That'll be in my truck tomorrow. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed the first one. And I, I, I probably have McLaren on my minor league Mount Rushmore. And uh, I was always a, a big fan of Steve. Uh, Steve's and uh yeah great interview and like I said if you want to uh if you just have only seen a few clips of him and you don't really know him wow listen to that episode you'll know him by the time it's done uh you Joe goes right to I think you'll know his shoe size by the time it's over that's how thorough Joe is so definitely check it out and uh and then we old uh Alec there at the five for fighting podcast oh the drama never ends I'll tell you um well He's, he picked a fight with the East Coast Hockey League and it, they've been trading blows back and forth. And I gotta say, the East Coast League clipped him. It got, caught him with a good one. Um, I know Alex is gonna come back. He's gonna act, go for a rematch here. But, uh, yeah. 
so, of course, Daniel Ainsbury in Fort Wayne, uh, big hit there in his first shift, then fought in his second shift and whatever. Oh, Alec put the clip up. All the fucking losers at the East Coast League cried to the principal, went to Twitter, and got his, uh, got his, um, the Five for Fighting podcast Twitter account shut down for copyright infringement. What a bunch of clowns. Uh, yet, I, does, I wonder if the East Coast League says anything to spit in chiglets when they put up their, <clears throat> they put up the East Coast League clips. Yeah, probably not. Uh, I've seen about half a dozen uh, sites out there that put up East Coast League clips. Oh, yeah, they're, they're no problem. Alec does it, though, and boom, his account shut down. You guys are clowns. Like, I tweeted at the East Coast League. <clears throat> so this guy's done actually nothing but promote your league. He does the Clash of the Coast, which actual East Coast League teams put up on their scoreboards at their games telling their fans to vote for their guy much like the Probert tournament and everything it's a it's a voting tournament for the but it's the current East Coast League players he had teams last year putting it up on their jumbotron during games fans remember to vote for Sean Allen tonight on the clash of the coast and yeah and they give like the Twitter account and Instagram account and shit for the voting yeah oh yeah but you know god forbid we we want to shut that account down it's hilarious to me. The NHL, of all leagues, the NHL, put up any clip you want. No problem. American Hockey League, no problem. Southern Pro, nah, no, all good. Federal League, sure. But the East Coast League, oh no, there's Hammerhand in the office bucking for their promotion. You guys are a bunch of clowns. And I laugh, old Joe Babick there, or whatever, the communications guy for the East Coast League. Pussy won't answer you on on Twitter, though, when you when you tweet at him. And, and Alec has been respectful in his questions. Like, he's like, okay, well, what's the problem? Like, why can't I do this? And you allow other people to do it. Why can't I? Oh, yeah. Pussy won't reply, though. You know? Yeah. That's what I said. Communications guy that won't communicate. Yeah. East Coast League. You're fucking embarrassing. Clowns. Just clowns. I swear. I sw- well, and to, to mention, I was on... Uh, well, anyway, the Five for Fighting podcast, check out Alex's show. Actually, he's in the midst of moving. They uh, moved out to Tennessee. He's unpacking right now. They got the wheels blocked, uh, the trailer secured. So, uh, you know, he's unpacking his boxes and, uh, you know, dumping out the trash bags and whatever else they use for luggage these days out there, them hillbillies. But uh, he should be, uh, he says he wants to record. I don't know, you know, we got to get the tin can and string going. So we'll see if he's... Uh, you know, he might produce something here in the next couple of days. Actually, I'm sure he, he will make it a point of producing an episode just to rant about the East Coast League, I'm sure. so. Um, but once again, the battle of Alec versus the East Coast League continues. Because, I mean, if you're a hockey league, who wants free publicity? I mean, you got to put a clamp. you got to put a stop to that, right? Morons. Morons. Like, that's the funny thing. I would expect this shit out of the NHL. No. East Coast League. Oh, yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Anyway, um, I mentioned I was on a show of all things. Yeah. Hey, do you want to hear me talk more? Oh, sure. Uh, Isha, my friend, my old friend Isha, uh, who used to be, uh, one of the found, he was the found, one of the founding fathers, him and Dylan of the, uh, the hockey podcast network. <clears throat> you have him to blame actually, the, <laughs> but he was the one, um, they, he actually reached out to me way back when and, uh, asked me if I, it was after, uh, cause originally, uh, again, I'll chew my food twice here. I mean, people know the story, but maybe new listeners don't. I'll make it quick. Mm, did I make anything quick? Um, I initially, when I started this podcast, it was, I had my own website, fourthlinevoice.com. Um, and I was about 40 or 50 episodes in and, uh, it got hacked. Unfortunately, actually funny enough, it got hacked when I was in Las Vegas, kind of, I think shoddy, uh, hotel wifi, I think, uh, got in there, but, um, yeah, and I, cr- I crashed my site. So at that point I was like, uh, you know, cause I put a lot of effort to the site and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, ah, fuck it, whatever. And I, I was uh, for a couple months, I didn't do it. I didn't have a show anymore. And then Isha got a hold of me on, uh, but I still on Twitter and stuff. And uh, he said, you know, he listened to my episodes and he really liked my show. And why aren't I doing it anymore? I said, oh, I'm, you know, I told him the story. And he's like, well, do you want to be a part of the Hockey Podcast Network? And at this point, um, I had already kind of had my flirtation with sponsorship. I was on Hockey Fight. I was sponsored, air quotes, by HockeyFights.com for about a minute. And uh, myself and William of the old Biscuit Podcast and... uh I won't go into that, but, uh, yeah, basically got jerked around by those clowns and, uh, 
in, and said adios to them. Um, so I was a little leery when Isha got a hold of me. I was kind of like, oh yeah, sure. Oh, and we got it. And he's like, oh, we're starting up this new network and you know, we get sponsored. We'll get you paid and all that. And I, oh yeah. Okay. But at the same time, I was like, I was like, well, what do I have to do? Because nothing, you don't have to change anything. Just do what you do. And, uh, and just basically up, just send us the, the file after you're done recording and we'll upload it and we'll do all that jazz. I'm like, I don't have to do nothing. I don't have to, Yo, no, we're going to host it and everything. I was like, oh shit. Okay. Well, it got me back in the game, got me back talking about hockey and, and, you know, I was like, okay, sure. Let's give it a shot. I mean, what the hell, right? Um, so yeah, we did that. No, and well, the rest is history, right? And, uh, everything they've promised me, they've come through. Um, I've gotten paid and, um, yeah, unfortunately, Isha and them, you know, he's no longer with the network, but, um, but I always have, I always have him to thank and, uh, and Dylan at the network and Kyle now have been cool that the hockey podcast network's been nothing but respectful to me. They've stayed out of my business. They've never told me what to, Oh, don't say this or don't do that or don't have him on or whatever. They've never, they've stayed away and, uh, they've been nothing but supportive. If I needed anything, they've always got what I've, no, I don't think I've ever asked for anything, but, um, you know, they've, uh, well, we had one incident there where I kind of, you know, said, you know, I wasn't really happy and they took care of it. And, um, other than that, yeah, everything's been great. And I, and I've been on the network, I don't know, whatever, three or four years now. And, uh, yeah. And I have Isha to thank for that. And, uh, you know, yeah, uh, it's been tremendous. So, and I actually have to get him on the show here. I know he's a big fight fan. He's actually a really big MMA guy. And, um, He's a city life project and he's all over the, he's all over the, uh, the internet and with his MMA and, uh, and he does the soda pod, which is obviously in Minnesota. They covers the wild. It covers college hockey. It does. He's, he's podcasted and everything five days a week out there along with his MMA commentary and all that stuff and his live streams. And, um, yeah, so he's, he's, oh, them young kids and their social media. That's what he's into. So, uh, uh, well, that's his job at this point. So anyway, he had me on the soda pod. It's S O T A pod, like Minnesota soda, soda pod. Um, yeah. And we just talk about kind of the current state of fighting in hockey. And, um, I drone on and rant and rave and whatever. And, uh, but we have a good, good talk for an hour. And, uh, you know, I, it's coming out on Monday, uh, next Monday. And, uh, I'll put the links on my social media and, and promote it. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys check it out and support Isha. And if you're actually an MMA guy, um, outside and like he goes out, like he's, he covers everything. He does some UFC, but he does a lot of like Muay Thai, Muay Thai and like one or out in Japan. And I'm, I'm not an MMA guy. I'm not, you know, but he does all the, basically all the other organizations besides UFC. And, uh, well, he does some UFC as well, but he's really big into the stuff overseas and stuff. And, uh, so if you're an MMA guy and you're into all that, he's your guy. So, uh, definitely check it out. But, uh, yeah, you shit the soda pod. Uh, I want to thank him for having me on and, uh, I'm definitely going to get him on here and, uh, yeah. And, Again, uh, anytime I have a chance to um, thank Isha and Dylan and those guys at the network, I, I certainly will do that. But uh, all right, uh, yes, yeah, so that's that's happening. But uh, well, how about uh, you know I'll, I'm going to drop a little bit of the speaking of sponsorship. Hey, got to keep the lights on, folks. Super Bowl around the corner. If you're uh, doing some betting, maybe some player props or something. DraftKings. Um, you know, I hate to drop the gambling on you, but it's, uh, that's what, uh, pay, pays the bills. That's what gets me paid. And, uh, if you use the promo code THPN, hell of a sign up bonus and, uh, pay for five bucks, 200 bucks. Hey, there you go. I mean, maybe a, maybe a Travis Kelsey prop. I actually think Kelsey's going to freaking torch the 49ers. I think I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I've got, I got to ride with the chiefs here. Like, 49ers are lucky to be in there, man. They shouldn't have beat Green Bay, you know, and, uh, San Francisco's just been a little, little sus, as the kids say, a little sus this last, uh, coming in here. But, uh, and Kansas City seems to be on the march here. So we'll see though. Um, ah, Christian McCaffrey might have a big game too, you know, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think if the 49ers win it, it'll be, I think McCaffrey, MVP. He's about five to one right now. I that's not bad either. I don't know, but I think at the end of the day, if I, if I'm a bet man and I am, um, 
yeah, I think I'm actually right now. I think the Chiefs are a two point underdog. I think I'm going Chiefs money line to be to be completely honest. Um, but yeah, but anyway, enough of the get ga- well enough of the gambling talk. But here I'm going to throw a gambling ad at you. But if you're going to do some betting, hey, THPN sign up the promo code it helps us out gets you gets you some bonus monies to to play with. And uh, hey, everyone's happy, right? So I'll throw that at you, and we'll be on the other side. We'll start opening some cards and stuff right after this announcement. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Yeah, guys, the uh, right now we're looking at Can- uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs are a two-point underdog. Started off with kind of even money, but right now minus two on Kansas City. Um, just so if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the code THPN. New customers can bet five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. There we go. Well, that wasn't too bad, was it? All right. Well, let's open up these cards here. Let's see what's happening here. Actually, last time I opened up one of these upper deck packs, I got uh, the the Pavel Bure rookie card. That wasn't too bad. The young gun Pavel Bure. Oh, come on. Here we go. Who do we got here? Oh, well, there you go. Right at the top. Old Serge Fedorov rookie. Not too bad. Good start. Oh, who's stuck to him? What? Oh, it's back-to-back Fedorov. Well, one's the Russian card, and then there's the other one, uh, Thomas Sandstrom. I think he got. I think he still has Dave Brown's uh, Sherwood tattooed to the side of his face. Oh, Theron Flurry, Guy Carboneau, Gary Shuchuk. There you go, Larry Murphy. Underrated talent, man. What a D-man. Len Barry. There you go. Who's this? Ranger prospect, Stephen Rice. I was a huge Stephen Rice fan. He was awesome in the World Juniors. What a captain. Just running people. Cap, Brian Sackick. Um, of course, Joe Sackick's brother. Amazing. I, I believe, I want to say he's the Western Hockey League's all-time point, uh, leading point scorer. But yeah. How about that in Tri-Cities? 58 games, 47 goals, 139 points. The next season, 69 games. He had 40 goals, 122 assists for 162 points. Um, yeah, he was uh, drafted by the Washington Capitals. Um, yeah, was never uh, never made it, though. Never played an NHL game, but had a heck of a minor league career. Dave Campioano and, oh, good old Saskatoon boy, Curtis LeCision. Hell of a career. Uh, Quebec Nordiques, he was a number one, or he was first round pick. I believe he's third overall. Um, you know, wasn't a big scoring guy or whatever, just steady Eddie back there on the blue line. Had a hell of a career. Yeah, and met him a couple times. Hell of a nice guy, actually. There we go. Well, we got a couple, a couple Sergis, a couple Sergi rookies. Didn't even get any toughness in that, in that pack, though, but, oh, well. So there we go, folks. There, like I always say, the excitement of opening cards on an audio podcast. But yes, the old upper deck. I kind of cracked a few of those. I have another pack over here. I got the uh, what year is this? Uh, Ninety-one, ninety-two series one, the pro set. But we'll uh, we'll save that for a later date. But um, yes, tonight, folks, or tomorrow. Well, or I guess it's tonight when you're listening to this. But Wednesday night, the seventh, East Coast Hockey League. The Fort Wayne Comets visit Kansas City to play the Mavericks, but the but the event that everyone's talking about, I'm telling you, it's like uh, it's like fight night in Vegas on us on uh, back of the Tyson pay per view days. Uh, maybe not that, but uh, pumping it up. Diamond Hands Daniel Amesbury of Fort Wayne travels to Kansas City 
And who's waiting for him? Ryan Devine. Uh, so we got the two Ice Wars champs going to meet up. And I know Ryan Devine was on a podcast last week and kind of, you know, kind of said, hey, I'm waiting for it. Hopefully Ainsbury's ready. And uh, Ainsbury coming off his 18-game suspension in the Federal League. Uh, he's been sitting there itching to go and training, boxing, and getting, you know, healing up and from the season. And he's been sitting there chomping at the bit. And he signed with the Fort Wayne Comets. And in his first game and his first shift, ran some poor bastard behind the net and drilled the clean hit. It was clean, legit. Um, Kalamazoo's captain, um, his name is escaping me at the moment, came out the next shift and fought Amesbury. And Amesbury kind of hung one on him. But I, yeah, I, I give credit to the cap. Captain, I'll give, he gave it the old college try, but uh, he was a little out of his league. But uh, but that's why he wears the C, because he knew he had to step up and take on Ainsbury, and he did. And uh, Ainsbury got the Fort Wayne crowd fired up, and they were loving his debut. And uh, yeah, I said, you know you made a big debut when when you lose the game, but the fans are still, t- still buzzing. Um, and I know this to be a fact, because uh, a cat that I know that listens to this is a Fort Wayne Comet uh, goes to all the games and has friends at the games. And uh, he said the place was electric about Amesbury. So, yeah. So, anyway, uh, Wednesday night, um, we'll see what happens. It's uh, It was funny. I uh, I sent out a tweet to, uh, I kind of went through my contacts on my phone just this afternoon just to kind of get a feel of it. And I just basically said, if you're betting, who are you picking, Amesbury or Divine? And, uh I gotta say, at, at about a seventy-five percent clip, was Amesbury was the uh, was the selection, and there was a couple uh, fans, but there was a few players and uh, that uh, commented, and uh, we won't I won't put attach names to it, but um, and it was interesting. The players kind of were divided, actually. Um, I will say because if people are going to ask me um, again for the, you know, I I got to uh, hey I got to. You know, I've always been square with you guys, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's a draw. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Teflon, I'm gonna get out of it. Um, well, first of all, just to be completely honest, I mean, you know, let's, you know, there is a hockey game that needs to be played, of course, but, so I hope, but none of these two, I hope these two coaches know, understand what's going on, and there isn't a healthy scratch or any of this bullshit. Um, you know, give the people what they want, um, of course, the East Coast League, for those that don't know, uh, yeah, well, more East Coast League talk. Hey, if there's a fight, though, make sure you don't put the clip up, though, or you might get your account suspended. Uh, no, we'll let, we'll let Chicklets put it up. They, they're okay, apparently. They're, if you have a big podcast or, you know, if you're spitting Chicklets, they'll let you do it. But, uh, you know, hopefully Kansas City or Fort Wayne puts the, the team themselves puts the clip up. I'm sure they will. Um, there's a Justin Cohen cat that I think he'll he's works with Fort Wayne. And he seems to he'll he'll have it rolling. Um, where is I going with this? Oh, um, yeah, it's uh, you know. So hopefully we uh, you know we get we get the with the East Coast League. There's a fight limit. You're allowed ten fights a season before you start getting suspended. Now I think Divine has four already or five. Um, you know. And I will say, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, and he didn't say this or anything, and this is just Darren talking, but I, I, you know, well, Divine's been playing all year with Kansas City and battling and everything else, whereas, you know, Ainsbury has been on the sidelines because he had the 18-game suspension, and the East Coast League did honor the suspension. So he's been sitting for a month and a half, kind of you know, healing up and just training, and wherever it's Ainsbury, or, you know, Divine's been on the bus and playing, and so there's that going into it. Well, throw that out there to begin with, but... um Divine also has five fights already, and you're about halfway through, a little past the halfway mark. So he's got to kind of watch his fight totals, whereas Ainsbury's got one. Of course, he's got nine to go, but he's only got half the season to play. So Ainsbury's got a lot more wiggle. Because somebody, a couple of guys I was talking to, like, oh, they might go three times, you know. Or I'm like, well, I mean, I don't even think they'll go twice. I mean, Ainsbury might go looking for it. I don't know if Divine will give him a second fight just because... Of the fight totals. Here we go, right? We gotta, yeah, it seems closely. We gotta worry about fight totals because God forbid they fight more than 10 times. Ugh. So I said on Isha's podcast with the hockey, I've never seen a sport that gets in its own way as much as hockey. Like, I'm like, the NHL, again, the NHL doesn't even have a fight, not that it would matter, but they don't even have fight limits. The Western Hockey League doesn't have fight limits, but the East Coast League and the American League do. Oh. 
You know, because they always act like, oh, because, well, if we don't, some guy's going to get like 30 fights. Well, first, I don't know why anybody, like, would that bother anybody? Uh, whatever, but do you think any of these new age guys are getting 30? No, like, stop. You might get a guy 13, 14. Oh, is that, because four more, uh, like, 10's okay, but 13, oh, we don't, we don't want that craziness. Like, so anyway, hopefully, I'm, I'm just hoping we get one fight. That's all I'm asking for. And again, I, uh, to be complete, I don't want to see either, you know, let's have a good boat. Let's have a good go. I don't want to see either. No, I don't want to say, oh, I want to see somebody get flatlined or knocked out or, no, I don't want to see anybody get hurt, but, you know, I, I like to see a solid go without a doubt. So, um, <clears throat> if I have to pick a winner, here's my fearless prediction. And, um, um, I will say, Divine's got the size, but if Divine, I know Divine likes to go for that kind of that Superman punch. It looks like he's been kind of trying to do that a couple times. And he, and he kind of, if he does that and he gets off balance, he's been in trouble in some of his fights and he kind of gets caught. Um, and Amesbury will fucking hang one on him if he's, if he fights sloppy. Um, but if Divine stays in control, gets a hold of him and can control him, um, Amesbury will be in one. Because uh, Divine's got the size, and and at the same time, no, no disrespect to the guys in the Federal League and the guys that Ainsbury's been fighting. Ainsbury hasn't fought a guy like Divine for a long time. It's been like eight, nine years since he's fought Brennan and Bugard and Sawyer and all them back in the old Central League days. So it's been a minute, and Divine is definitely a step up in competition compared to the past Federal League guys. Again, not knocking anybody in the Fed. I'm just saying, in my opinion. Um, so... If he stays in control, it'll be a tough one for for Amesbury. Uh, but if Divine gets off balance and kind of goes into it wild, because uh, Amesbury's in tight, man, he's got the both hands. Uh, if it was on Spreads.ca like they do with the Ice Wars, and we're betting, I'm bet. I think I'm picking Amesbury on points. That's my prediction. But I, like I said though, if Divine manhandle him, it's, I, that wouldn't surprise me either. But uh, I'm, I, if I'm, if I'm uh, laying my money down on the table, uh, I don't like. Again, I don't think we're going to see knockouts or anything like that. But I, I think just Ainsbury's really quick and he's healthy right now and primed for it. And uh, yeah, but I'm looking forward to it like everyone else, and uh, we'll see what happens. But I like again, I just I don't want to see anybody get hurt or anything. I just you know let's have a good go and. Uh, you know, see what happens. But yes, it hasn't. Uh, there hasn't been a fight matchup like this in a long time, and it's got the people talking. And uh, yeah, let's see what happens. Daniel Ainsbury versus Ryan Devine Wednesday night, in Kansas City, boy. Here we go. Um, all right. Well, we're at the thirty-minute mark. Uh, we're cruising along at nine forty-five. Let's get to this toughest Pittsburgh Penguins list, shall we? <clears throat> it was written by. Hold on, open it up here. Dan Kingersky. Kingerski. Okay. Uh, from pghhockey.now. Top five toughest Pittsburgh Penguins of the black and gold era. Hockey requires a certain level of toughness. Get stitches, go back to the game. The code of hockey players demands a willingness to sacrifice your body for the team goal. Players not only play through injuries, but they throw themselves in front of 90-mile-hour slap shots. Some opponents don't play by the written rules. The unwritten rules require someone to fight them. And the Penguins have employed plenty of extraordinary, extraordinarily tough players. Eh, not really, uh, but okay. Um, I mean, there's been some tough dudes, but I was always like, Mario was left unprotected for a long time. Anyway... Unlike the other top five lists, we open this one to public input. Some of the definitions of toughest penguins were surprising. Yes, Mary Lemieux beat cancer and a myriad of players played through painful injuries, but that alone does not make a player one of the toughest of all time. Lemieux is the greatest in many categories, but he won't be making the toughest list. Nor does being a fighter guarantee inclusion. There have been a lot of players who were willing to drop the gloves at a moment's notice, but didn't necessarily inspire fear from the opponents. Uh... This list is for the bruisers, the warriors, and those who rattled their opponent's teeth and those who were whose mere presence changed the game. Pre-Mario Thumpers. The Penguins didn't switch the black and gold sweaters until January 1980, which was a few months after the official NHL-WHL merger. So the toughest Penguins of the black and gold era list will not include players before 1979, but we give special mention to Dave Schultz and 
Battleship Kelly, who are players famous for their fists. Heck, the mid-70s Philadelphia Flyers built Stanley Cup winners on bullying opponents. If we included players before the merger and the offensive explosion, our list would have been dominated by them. And let's be honest, less than 5% of our readers have seen any of those players. It leads to debating players from wildly different eras who most of us didn't see on the ice and none of us and none of that is much fun. So let's acknowledge the Penguins' history and badass players like Schultz and Kelly. Instead, the spirit of those players embodied in the modern NHL player is what we'll use to decide the toughest player. The ability to drop the mitts is essential, and the ability to quiet unruly opponents and merely the threat of fighting is more important. Grinding game, rock rib determination, and constant physical presence and other factors. Um, all right, uh, there you go. Uh, Honorable mentions. Had the Penguins not traded uh, defenseman Eric Gabranson earlier this season, he would have been a strong contender to make the list. Cabran- Eric Gabranson. Uh, okay, has anyone else kept Washington forward Tom Wilson on his better behavior? However, Gabranson played just 40 games as a Penguin, uh, so it's tough to hand him a spot. Honorable mentions, though. Brooke, <laughs> Brooks Orpeck, Doug Murray, Brendan Morrow, Kelly Buckberger, and, of course, Jay Caulfield. Well, I, I think you do have to include Caulfield. I know everybody kind of jokes, you know, oh, he barreled, terrible balance, blah, blah, blah. Uh, dude fought Dave Brown how many times? He's a big dude. Um, I, you know, I get it, but I don't mind Jake Caulfield, whatever. Well, or Peck, oh, fuck that guy. Um, I, I've always liked Kelly Buckberger, um, you know, probably led with his chin a few times, but I mean, he would, I, I, I said, if everybody played as hard as, if you had, if you had 20 Kelly Buckbergs on your team, you would have, you'd hoist a couple, couple times. Um, all right. Toughest Penguins, the toughest Penguins in the black and gold era. Here we go. Number five. <clears throat> Real. Hmm. All right. Uh, Christoph Oliwa. Well, there's a, that's a, there's a name I haven't said in a long time. The Polish Hammer is the only Polish player to have a name on the Stanley Cup. For over a decade, it's one of the most intimidating presents in the NHL. 6'5", 240, played 83 games over two seasons with the Penguins, had a whopping five points. In 410 NHL games, he racked up 1,400 penalty minutes, including 281 with the Penguins. In an era of diminishing fights, Olawa pummeled at opponents 180 times, fought Jody Shelley eight times, tied Domi four times. The Penguins acquired Olawa in January of 2001 to protect newly unretired Mira Lemieux. Olawa treated his... Treated his precious cargo well. According to HockeyFights.com, he shed the gloves 19 times in 36 games. Split time between Columbus and Pittsburgh that season. Um, yeah, Oliwa was a bad dude, man. Um, especially when he first came up. I remember he came up. I remember getting an Albany DVD. And I didn't know who Oliwa was. I was like, who is this guy? And he, just, but he was huge. Um, and he and he looked good. And uh, they got to New Jersey. He had a real solid running at 30 some fights that year, I think. And um. He's actually a guy that really does not get talked about all that much. Um, he had a good run, and then you know injuries, and oh, he played you know four hundred games, man, got his pension, but uh, you know it, um, you know, kind of faded at the end a little bit, you know, with like I don't remember him with Columbus at all. Like, oh, he's in Calgary and stuff, but uh, uh, yeah, you know. Uh, Man, what was it, 19 fights in 36 games? There you go. He wanted to make an impression anyway. But yeah, big dude. Oliwa's a bad man. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I, I didn't, when you said the Penguins list, kind of in your head, I'm thinking, oh, I'd have this guy, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Oliwa's name never actually popped into my head. I actually forgot he played in Pittsburgh. But, oh, there you go. All right, all right. I'm down. Number four, Paul Baxter. Baxter set the Penguins all-time penalty minute record in 81, 82, staggering 409. He's also forever in the... He's forever the all-time WHA penalty minute leader with 962. Well, there you go. I, I didn't realize Baxter was the WHA penalty minute leader. Um, we checked with some of our favorite long-term members of the Penguins organization about Baxter. Since the vast majority of our readers didn't see Baxter, we need a little help to assess the defenseman. There is no doubt he's a premier member of the long, long line of Penguins tough guys. Our sources used phrases like willing and able to fight and could be dirty and backed it up. Baxter wasn't a big player at 5'11", 200 pounds, but he enjoyed the... Dark arts and wasn't shy. He enjoyed the dark arts and wasn't shy. That's a hell of a sentence right there. Uh, he was drafted by the Penguins in the third round of 75, but chose the WHA instead. Eventually spent three years at the Penguins beginning in 1980. Uh, it was a throwback to the craziness era. Uh, yeah, Paul Baxter, um, he dirty bastard, man. But I mean, I, he, he, he enjoyed the dark arts. Uh, was not afraid of suckering guy. Suckered Ben Wilson, man. That's playing, that's, you're playing with fire now. Um, 
I'm not going to sit here and profess to be a massive Paul Baxter expert or anything. I'm not at all. I mean, I've got some of my old fight tapes. I've, he's on there. Um, hey, dude, at 409 pims, man, you know, so it's like, okay, I mean, I guess if you're, uh, again, how they did the list, they kind of said with toughness, it wasn't just fighting, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, yeah, I think you got, if on a Penguins list, you got to throw Baxter on there, I'm, I, I would think. Uh, but I know he's really dirty, and uh, there's a few guys that haven't had too much nice to say about him. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Paul Baxter. Number three, Gary Roberts. Roberts was once a 50-goal scorer, pure offensive threat, but a severe neck injury that forced him to miss most of three seasons, altered the course of his career, his life, and plenty of players who followed Rob, and and plenty of players who followed. Roberts' intensity and ability to impose his, his will upon his team and his opponents was unlike anything Pittsburgh Penguins fans had seen before or since. The boogeyman checked under his bed for Gary Roberts. Opponents backed away from the Penguins winger with a Clint Eastwood stare. His toughness lifted his team team since his retirement. Legendary intense off-ice workouts with players have changed a few careers too. The team acquired Roberts to mentor a young Pittsburgh Penguins and a year later with Roberts they were in the Stanley Cup final. How tough was Roberts? During the 07-08 season, he refused help and skated off the ice with a broken leg. He set the standards for mental and physical toughness well beyond playing with an edge. Um, I love Gary Roberts. Um, yeah, legendary power forward. With, you know, his early years, the Flames, he was in some great tilts. Like, like they said, 50-goal guy. Um, for him to come back from that neck injury that he did and to have the career he ended up having playing, you know, with the uh, battling with the Leafs and then the Penguins and all that. And, uh, it was Tampa Bay. And, um, yeah, I, you know, uh, get, what, what more is it? Gary Roberts is fucking tremendous. Number two, Marty McSorley. Other, oh, yep. Yeah. If uh, Paul Coffey, who played for the Edmonton Oilers and Pittsburgh Penguins in his prime, was the premier offensive defenseman of the era, then McSorley was the premier hammer. There wasn't a tougher D-man in the game, nor was there a more feared fighter. McSorley's scraps with fellow heavyweight Bob Probert were sports center highlights back when ESPN remembered hockey existed. McSorley's fourth and final go with Probert in 94 is one of the greatest hockey fights of all time. His, uh, the defenseman was a pounding physical presence well beyond trading knuckles. His body checks left bruises. McSorley's presence was a stop sign for shenanigans. Many fans may remember his half-season run in 93-94 Penguins, but he also began his career in Pittsburgh in 83-84 and played 15 more games as an enforcer for a rookie, Mary Lemieux, in 84-85. Yeah, I... Well, Pittsburgh letting him go was Edmonton's gain and probably was, a, was obviously, is what got McSorley's career... It's what gave him his career, bodyguarding Gretzky and, and on those great Oiler teams. And, and McSorley's completely said it was because of Dave Semeco and his mentorship that he learned the role. And, and Marty, I mean, I would say there's a difference between, he, Marty was a great fighter, uh, but he was even a better enforcer. And there's a difference between enforcing and fighting. And he was probably, the, if not the greatest enforcer of all time, top three in my opinion. And, and he learned from Semenko, who was another one that was maybe not the best fighter, but one of the greatest enforcers. And uh, as they would say, fuck around and find out. And uh, Marty was was not afraid to cross the line. And I mean, I've I've referenced this video a million times, but go, my fourth line voice on YouTube, um, check it out. But type in Marty McSorley explains enforcing. And there's what an eight minute clip and Marty explains what it's like to be an enforcer. And he... You should read the comments. They think he's a young fans think he's a serial killer when you listen to him, but he lays it out what an enforcer is or was, I guess. Um, but had a great career, turned himself into a good player with Edmonton in LA, played in the all-star games, led the league in plus minus. So he wasn't just some two shift dummy. Um, I don't know. I, you know, in Pittsburgh, when he first started, young kid, right? So you're going to take your lumps, but he was willing. Um, it looks funny, a little skinny, getting number four, kind of the red hair, you know, whatever. But, uh, but he's in there scrapping, um, and then he, of course, goes on to Edmonton, L.A. Uh, went back to, you know, that's when Marty had that run when he went back to the East and Pittsburgh, and then he played with New York briefly, and uh, it's just never, Marty's a West Coast guy, man, surf and turf, man, that, that was Marty out in the beach and playing in the sun with L.A. and San Jose, like, he was awesome, you know, and then, uh, you know, he was a West Coast guy, but, uh, yeah, Marty, gotta have him on here, bad dude, man. I'm interested. Who do you think number one is? I don't know. Like, well, we'll see here. I'll I'll get into what. I'll throw out some names after two. If they uh, number one, 
Okay. Yeah, okay. Number one, Rick Tockett. As a player, Tockett's tough as nails. Captain of the Flyers. He's 6'2", or 6 feet, 214. Uh, Grit was his middle name. Penguins acquired Tockett as part of the 92 blockbuster trade, which propelled them to the second consecutive cup. Tockett brought hard shoulders to Pittsburgh, literally and figuratively in 92. Coach Bowman told, told the... PHN that talk had changed the team as leadership intensity and toughness are legendary. The on the record stories are impressive. Off the record tales, old teammates tell stories of talk and intimidating opposing teams with firm promises. Most opponents didn't bother to find out if talk it was bluffing or not. Intimidating physical presence wasn't enough. He also played with a broken jaw in 92. In 150 games with Pittsburgh, Tockett scored 76 goals and earned up 435 penalty minutes. Tockett was the toughest pl- was the toughest player on the ice. He overpowered opponents, and in 92-93, he scored 48 goals in 252 minutes in Pittsburgh. As an assistant coach, he also got Phil Kessel to buy in. That's how tough talk it is. Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I get Rick Talk one of the greatest power forwards of all time. How he's not in the Hall of Fame it is a crime. Um, I love talking. He's probably my all-time. Him and Cam Neely and are my two favorite players of all time. Flyers all-time penalty minute leader, I don't need to sell you guys on Rick Tockett. Everybody listening to this show knows how great Rick Tockett is. Bad dude, could fight. Um, you know, yeah, man. Tockett was awesome, and it was cool to see him. Um, like, I loved him in Philly. I was a Philly guy, you know. But uh, it was cool to see him go to Pittsburgh and win a cup. And, you know, I always kind of wished Aginla, you know, when he went to Pittsburgh and had that, you know, that little run at the end. I was, all, you know, I was really hoping, you know, Jerome would win one too, right? So, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. But uh, yeah, talk. Love me some Rick Tockett. I'm never going to argue with Rick Tockett being on any list. So there you go. Not a bad list, I got to say. Um, yeah, honorable mentions. Let's see. Uh, well, Aaron Asham. Um, well, Durbano, but that was that was early. That was early Penguins. That didn't count. Uh, Derek England. There you go. Um, England. Old Endo. There. He he kind of he got a start in Pittsburgh. That's where he did the bulk of his fighting with Pittsburgh. He had some great tilts. Um, people forget that because once he kind of got to uh, Vegas, he stopped fighting and just, you know, home boards, you know, glass and out guy. Um, but yeah, salty man when he played for Pittsburgh. Um, oh, Goddard. There you go. Yeah, I got, yeah, yeah, Goddard could have made that list. It, you know, you know, touched by the hand of God. Um, I mean, LaRock, but I mean, you know, George, I mean, George was great when he was there, but he was just there for the one year. Um, oh, Gary Risling. There you go. Uh, the Riz, uh, just for that face alone. Uh, I'm just trying to think of maybe some old Pat Price. How's that? How an old Saskatoon blade I'll throw out there. Pat Price, he he did some fighting in Pittsburgh. Oh, I know a guy. Here's I'm gonna hit you with a name here. Rowdy Rod Buskis. There you go. Hey, Rod Buskis. That guy played in Pittsburgh for a long time, actually. I was, uh, that was funny. I was actually, uh, the reason I came out with Rod Buss because I was watching a fight of his like two nights ago on YouTube, and I was I commented how I hadn't thought of Rod Buskis in years. Um, here, hold on. Yeah, man. Yeah, Buskis played a long time with Pittsburgh, and uh, yeah, racked. Up, you know, he had a ton of fights too. You could have actually had Buskis on that list without a doubt. Um, yeah, there you go. I mean, you know, again, you know, was he a top ten guy or anything? Well, no, but I mean, hey, shit. You know, well, fuck, he'd look like King Kong if he played today. Um, but yeah, there you go. The, uh, the tough, the, the five toughest Pittsburgh Penguins of the black and gold era. I gotta say though, that was, honestly though, that wasn't a bad list. I get where they were going. I mean, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I was down with that. I mean, we've done worse lists on this show. We'll put it that way. So there we go, folks. Well, we're about 50 minutes in. I think that'll be, we'll wrap it up. It's 10 o'clock here. So I'm going to get this uploaded and out to you folks. So you got something for your Wednesday commute, but, uh, yeah, keep an eye on, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, on Wednesday, uh, in the morning, in the afternoon, keep your eye on social media, get your, hit your fight sites Wednesday night. Cause you or on, if you're on Twitter or what have you, um, cause the, I will be retweeting it at the very, if you fall, if you just, if you just follow me on social media, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I will retweet any video that I find of being very divine tilt. If it happens, I, if it's up to the two guys, it'll happen immediately. So hopefully the coaches don't mess it up or the rest get out of it, stay out of the way and let them go. So, um, good luck to both guys. If they do square off, um, I've talked to both of them and, uh, 
good dudes. And like I said, let's just have a solid go. And, uh, you know what? I, I was saying it actually, I was saying it to AJ Galante today. Uh, we were going back and forth on text. I said, uh, the, the mental, in all seriousness, the mental stress and anguish that those guys are going through right now, the two of them. I mean, they're not going to say it out loud, but could you imagine what your sleep would be like tonight or tomorrow, your pregame nap? You ain't having a pregame nap, I can tell you that. And because they're both waiting for it and, you know, the, the, the fight fans are all waiting for it. You know, they're buzzing in Kansas City about it and, uh, yeah, it's like that old, like the old Buddy Ravel, three o'clock high. That's, uh, there's a reference for you. But you know what I mean? Like when you were in school and, and you were going to fight somebody, it was all three o'clock behind the swings or something, you know, whatever. All day you were sweating that, man. And uh, yeah, and these guys live that shit. I can't even, uh, your stomach would be in knots. And ugh, yeah, the, um, I think that's actually, to be completely, you know, serious here for a second. Um yeah, I think that's an often overlooked um, thing when it comes to fighting. It's not just the physical pain and the knuckles and the head injuries and the broken bones and that stuff, but and the cuts and the scars, but it, the mental anguish that goes into it. I've seen it firsthand. Um, you know, we've all gone through it ourselves, uh, but to do that on a daily basis, um, you know, maybe not so much. Any, but even now, I mean, you know, yeah, I thought what it once was, but I mean, guys, if you're a tougher guy, you still got to be aware. And, uh, but could you imagine back in the eighties and nineties or the early two that you're the Colt Nor or Steve McIntyre, or Bugard, wait, Riley Cote, or Brashear LaRock waiting for you at every turn. You got Probert and Coaster and Twist and, oh man, that's a, that's a, that's a rough night's sleep, man. Well, you ain't sleeping much. And, um, you know, that's mentally, that's got a, oh man. That's a, and I think that's something that often does not get often talked about, and it gets overlooked a lot. I think as fans, and I, hey, I'm guilty as too. We, uh, I, I think that's something that we don't think about uh, uh, when you're thinking of these guys. So, um, yeah, well, hopefully it, uh, you know, they can, they, uh, they, you know, they have a good battle, and uh, you know, and uh, like I said, well, it'll be uh, I'm primed up for it, and. Uh, and like I said, going back and forth with AJ, I kind of got fired up. And like I said, I was I was blowing up people's inboxes today all over the place, uh, um, you know, asking if they're they're fired up for it. So, and who they think's going to win. So, I want to thank the guys that replied to me too. So, well, actually, everyone replied to me, so it was cool. So, um, but yeah, good luck to everybody. And uh, all right, folks, let's get out of here. Uh, let's attack the rest of the work week. Like I said, a couple more days. We're almost and uh, and you're and you're the weekends are right around the corner. So. Uh, Thanks again for uh, for tuning in. Like I always say, I know there's hundreds of podcasts, hockey podcasts out there, and it's and I've always and I say this every time, and I mean it every time. Um, the fact that you chose to listen to this show, um, I greatly appreciate it, I, and I really appreciate the feedback. Um, if you could rate and review the show, star rating on iTunes or on Spotify, download, don't stream. Um, yeah, if you could do that, that would be great. Check out the YouTube channel, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, and follow me on social media: Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, fourth line voice, you guys know. But uh, yeah, I'm going to get out of here. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And uh, we'll talk to you cats on Sunday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?